When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Spirit of 67, our brand new Queen's Park Rangers podcast. My name's Robert Warlow, I'm joined here today by digital club writer for Queen's Park Rangers, Phil Spencer. Hello Rob, how are you? Hello Phil, not too bad. Also joined by Ronnie Donovan, who also covers Fulham for our Get West London title. Hello Rob. Hello. So Phil, it's been an interesting week for Queen's Park Rangers to say the least, I think. Um, on the, on and off the pitch. Mm, yeah, it's um, yeah. Well, I was away on holiday last week, and it all seemed to uh, all seemed to kick off when I was away. But um, yeah, it's been been quite a week. Um, obviously, off the week, uh, uh, off the uh, off the pitch. Sorry, last week. Um, all of the other uh, stuff with the uh, the financial fair play seemed to uh, seemed to come to a head um, a little bit. It was. Um, I think it it wasn't too much of a surprise for most people, but it was just the kind of a realization of the situa- uh, the situation that the club are in. Um, I think I think in a, in a lot of ways, um, yeah, but it was it was it was just very much expected. I think the club have been preparing for that outcome for uh, for for quite a long while. Um, if, if you look towards transfer strategy and stuff over the summer, um, it's been very much in mind that a, a hefty fine could be coming their way. And so uh, from that point of view, I don't really think it changes too much on the field. And l- luckily, the club have managed to uh, to keep the focus in the uh, the games over the last couple of days. I was going to say, it's been two great results for them on the pitch, isn't it? And I guess that has probably helped to you know, keep the spirits up among, you know, the, the, obviously the players and the staff, but also the fans. Mm-hmm, absolutely. I, th- I think particularly the, uh, the game against Wolves on Saturday, that, was, um, that could have been a, a make-or-break game in terms of morale. I mean, um, spirits were quite low going into the game with the news of the, fin- uh, the financial fair play stuff. And I think if the uh, if the team had imploded against Wolves, if they'd got beaten three or four nil, the uh, you can imagine that the feeling around Loftus Road would have been extremely negative. But uh, no, thankfully they put in a, a really good performance. Um, everyone went away from Loftus Road with uh, with raised spirits, and the other financial fair play stuff has kind of been uh, left behind in last week a little bit. And obviously then they're going back that up last night with another win against the then league leader Sheffield United. Absolutely, yeah, it was it was another really good performance uh, last night actually. Um, that it was a very different challenge to uh, to that that they faced against Wolves. I think um, against Wolves, people people knew what to expect from them. They're a team that uh, get the ball down and play it. They like to dictate things, particularly in midfield. And it was all about QPR getting into them, uh, stopping them from playing the natural game and doing things that way. Whereas uh, last night it was it was a little bit different because you didn't really know too much what to expect. Um, Sheffield United have set up quite similarly to to QPR so far this season. And so it was uh, very much kind of, I think Ian Holloway said it in his quotes, it was about uh, fighting fire with fire. And um, it, it was it was an entertaining game, both teams uh, going for it last night, but thankfully uh, QPR had enough to uh, to get the win on the night. And those two wins, I mean, it, 
it, I guess it shows the congested nature of the championship, but it's moved QPR up a few places and all of a sudden, you know, things are looking up rather than over their shoulders. Absolutely. I mean, what it was, what, but before the uh, before the Wolves game you were talking about, it's been seven games without a win for QPR. Um, granted, they've been drawing a few games, but obviously pressure starts to mount when it's been seven games and the teams start like plummeting down into the uh, the lower reaches of the table. But yeah, two two wins in uh, in what three days? Um, the records change from uh, seven games without a win to uh, four games unbeaten in in two games, and so it just completely transforms the feeling around the club. And uh, and now now QPR are two points off the playoff places, which is you wouldn't have thought that would be the case at this point last week. Does that change expectation at all? Um, I, I don't think so, no. I, th- I think at this stage of the season, um, the, the league hasn't really taken its true shape. I mean, as, as we mentioned, it's it's an extremely congested league at this point. And um, like, like I said, a couple of, a couple of results can uh, swing it either way. So while a couple of results can put you right up near the playoffs, if, if QPR don't get a win in the next three, they could be plummeted right back down to, to lower mid-table. So... I think you've got to take the league table with a, a little bit of a pinch of salt at this stage, and uh, I don't think anyone will be getting too carried away with uh, with how close they are to the playoffs at this point. One thing that these two wins has done is uh, move Queen's Park Rangers above Fulham, so uh, we'll bring Ryan in here. And you, you you saw QPR not too long ago when Fulham went to Loftus Road. Um, are you surprised by the results this week? Uh, yeah, I think everyone who's looking at those results, you know will be surprised by it. I think everyone in the league will be surprised that QPR have managed to beat Wolves and Sheffield United who have done so well this season. I mean, obviously I saw them when Fulham played QPR at Loftus Road and to me they just, they didn't turn up that day apart from those last six minutes. Fulham didn't play particularly well but you could see they were the better side against QPR for whatever reason and it seems fortunes have, have shifted a bit, you know. At the moment, this whole financial fair play thing with, with QPR and the whole reports in the national press saying Holloway's under pressure. It's, it seems like the team's rallied behind them and behind the club. And I think that speaks volumes about what the team's done. You know, I think it's fair to say it's a fairly average QPR side at the moment with the budget they've had this summer. But you have average players, but they, they all play for one another. And I think that's showing through with, with QPR at the moment and that they've all got each other's backs. And that can go a, a long way in in deciding where a football team comes the end of the season. So I think those performances against Sheffield United and Wolves have proved just, just what a team spirit QPR have at the moment. And I think you, you can't take anything away from them. You know, beating Wolves and beating Sheffield United is huge. You know, you've got to give credit where credit's deserved and it's definitely deserved there. So like Phil said, you know, they're looking towards the playoffs now. They're only two points off. Then, then are they going to finish in the playoffs come the end of the season? Probably not. But at the moment, they're... They're the best West London club in terms of the league table. And I think if you looked at the end of last season and said that would be the case coming into November, people probably would have laughed at you. And as Ryan said, there, I suppose it's making the best of what they've got and sort of playing to their strengths. Do you feel that that's something that they have done this week? I think so. Yeah, I mean, um, in terms of the the squad that Ian Holloway has got now, it's 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 just such an Ian Holloway squad. It's it's a team of players who that, that might not be the most uh, technically gifted in the championship, but they're a, they're a team of grafters, and that's that's what Ian Holloway wants from his team. He wants eleven players who are going out there. They're going to fight for every single ball. They're going to put pressure on the opposition, and ultimately they're going to um, like make make teams submit, particularly at Loftus Road and a tight pitch with. Uh, with the fans on top of them as well, and so I think what he, what he has done is he, he's built a team on on a budget. He's brought he's brought in um, a couple of like free transfers. Josh Scoen from uh, from Barnsley that was quite possibly one of the signings of the summer, 
Um, Luke Freeman, obviously, he, he joined uh, last January, but that was only around about, I think it was reported, uh, 350,000, and he's paid that back 10 times over so far since he's, uh, since he's joined the club. Uh, but as well as that, they've brought in uh, a number of young players who've just uh, they've just got that hunger. They're, they're still trying to make their way in the game, so there's a real hunger and desire to it to improve and work hard and show what they can do at championship level, and I think that's coming across in the other performances on the pitch. And how's Ian Holloway been this week? I guess it would have, you know, he'd be pleased with the the, the performances, but also, you know, the, how his how his team have responded, as Ryan mentioned. Mm-hmm. I think he's. Um, I think I think relief's been the the main word. I think um, over the last uh, well, over the seven games previous, when they hadn't uh, picked up a victory, although, although they played well and they drawn five of the games, you could see that the uh, the pressure was starting to get to him slightly. Not not in terms of job security, because I think realistically that that was never really going to be an issue. They were never going to um, like pull the trigger after after a run like that. Uh, but you could tell that the pressure of not being able to get that victory was uh, starting to mount a little bit. But um, they, they didn't really change a great deal going into Wolves. I think they, they made a couple of changes in personnel uh, just to freshen things up slightly. I think in, in my point of view, I think the team had it got a little bit stale. and They were playing the same 11 most weeks and so it had got a little bit stale. So a couple of changes helped to freshen that up. And um, yeah, I think it was just relief more than anything that they managed to get that result. And it's like, right, put that seven games behind us and start to move on to the, uh, the next stage of the season. Almost getting that monkey off their back sort of when, when they're in a... a a bad run, you know. And the longer it goes on, I suppose, the more it plays on minds. Yeah. It, when they haven't got a win, that's it. I think, um, yeah, it, it was definitely a case of getting the monkey off the back. I think, um, I think, I think the fact that they uh, they played some of the, uh, I suppose, the lower ranked teams in the championship as well. They played Sunderland and Bolton the two weeks previous, but then before that, they've been playing the likes of uh, Burton, Millwall, Barnsley games, which at the start of the season you'd be thinking, right, they, they need to be getting some results in those games, and so. I think it was more of a case of if they're not getting wins in those matches, like well, where are the wins going to come from? But obviously QPR pull out the stops when they uh, they play against the, uh, against the big boys, don't they? Is, is that is that fair to say that they seem to raise their games against the big, the, you know, the, the so-called big boys and the, the teams at the top? That you know, do they do they thrive under that underdog tag? I, I personally think they do. I mean, I've, I've put this, the, I've put that question to uh, to a couple of the players over the last couple of weeks, and a, a lot of them do seem to agree with it. I think they. Um, Possibly in the way that QPR set up, they're, they're not a team to um, to dictate play. They're not a team to, to get on the ball and like a team that are having to get 60-65% possession and like go out the other team. They're a team who are there to make things difficult for the other team, uh, counter-attack quickly and uh, they're effective that way. So personally, from a tactical point of view, I do think that works in their favour. When they are playing a big team, like, like a team like Wolves, get in the faces. They don't really know what they're, uh, what they're coming up against with, with QPR. Uh, catch them off guard and then they can uh, grind out results that way. Ryan, do you think that it's perhaps a little bit of, you know, not the unknown, but the fact that people aren't expecting QPR to be up there that perhaps could work in their favour? Um, yeah, it could, it could do, you know, if the expectations aren't there, they they go a bit under the radar and they can continue playing the football they want to play. So you, you could say that because expectations not there, they can, they're a bit free reign type thing, you know. Possibly, but at the same time, you know, I think teams are probably going Loftus Road and underestimating QPR. Mm. You've got the likes of Wolves probably went there realistically thinking, you know, we could get three or four today. And they've come up against a dogged, determined QPR side who were in their faces all game and didn't let them play football. And you can say, I don't think you'd say the same about Sheffield United last night. I don't think they would have come with the same mantra, but, you know, they concede a free goal. And once that happens, you know, they're like, is is luck against us tonight? So... 
it's all manner of things. And like Phil said, you know, going to QPR, you've got the fans right on top of you. When QPR are playing well, those fans get behind the side big time and they, they cause a racket there. So it's all, it's all a combination of things, I think, why QPR are doing well at the moment. I guess that can be a, you know, a factor, the, the home support, and you know, probably is worth a few points to QPR over the course of the season. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. No, I, I just think the... Uh... I think in terms of the fans themselves, they're extremely vocal and it's it's very much a community-based club, so they're all, all very much behind the team. But I think just in terms of the uh, the layout of the stadium, you, you go down to do um, like things like interviews on, on the touchline and you, you realise just how close in all the seats are. They're, they're, kind of, they're almost like stacked on top of each other and it makes for a really intense atmosphere. So um, with that, with a small pitch and how, how close they are positioned to the, uh, to the pitch as well, um, you can certainly see why the atmosphere would... Um, would would work in QPR's favour, but also work and work against the opposition because like, oh my god, we're we're in in for a real battle here with the uh, against the QPR players, but then also the uh, what fifteen sixteen thousand fans who are in the stadium most weeks. So I guess the thing for QPR now is to build on this. You know, a great week on the pitch for the, these two results. They now go to Nottingham Forest on the weekend. I mean, it you know they want to keep this momentum going into the international break. Absolutely, yeah, I think. Um, I don't really know whether the international breaks come at a good time now because um, I think if, if you're on a bad patch it's quite nice with a break and like regroup and then go again but um, with form starting to turn around slightly um, you, you're starting to think that maybe they'd have been quite happy to uh, to keep going for another couple of weeks with the other momentum but um, obviously Nottingham Forest that's going to be a, a difficult game um, QPR have yeah, they haven't done fantastically well against Nottingham Forest over, over previous years and um, at the moment as well, um, the the away record at Q, uh, of QPR um, is it leaves a fair bit to be desired as well. I think it's been, it's probably been about twelve games roughly um, since QPR won away from home, um, and so that's kind of uh, used the phrase before a bit of a monkey on the back at the moment as well. So they'll be hoping to to use the positivity from the last few results um, to uh, to put away the Nottingham Forest to do. Um, Go, obviously get the result away from home as well and then go into the international break really happy with what they've done. Obviously when they come back from the international break it's that well-known slog to Christmas isn't it and in January it's a you know a very congested fixed schedule and, and lots of games in a short space of time so I suppose that, that you know they need to have players fit and available and you know be ready to go for that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely no I mean in the, in the championship the fixtures do come thick and fast I mean straight after the international break it's um, Aston Villa Derby and Brentford within the space of just over a week so um, you, you, you don't really get a much tougher run of fixtures for, uh, for QPR than that so they'll be hoping to, to take the, positivi- uh, the positivity into the international break um, come out of it fighting and then hopefully get some, get some points on the board against those, uh, those big hitters as well and obviously, looking at a little bit further ahead, you know, it's not that far ahead now to January and, and the transfer window. I mean, what do you expect from QPR, and, and how obviously will this, you know, the, the news of the financial fair play, how will that affect their January transfer window activity? Um, I, I think um, I think it's going to be much the same as over the summer. I think they'll um, they, they do work hard behind the scenes, but with Les Ferdinand, um obviously working as director of football, leading the way in terms of um, trying to find. Um, bargains but also high potential signings to come into the club as well so um, there certainly will be a lot of money spent in January uh, but they'll be, they'll be keeping an eye out, they'll have scouts in the lower leagues and um, they've brought in a couple of lads from uh, from Ireland for example as well um, so they'll just be keeping an eye out and if there's anyone that they think can, can strengthen the squad um, they'll, they'll go for it but I don't think they'll be making wholesale changes in January. 
So you don't think that the, as you mentioned earlier, the, the news of last week was particularly unexpected for them, and, and I guess they probably were planning with that in mind. I think so. Um, I, I don't think there's any two ways about it. I think the uh, the club knew that they'd uh, that they'd done wrong in in previous years. Um, so with that in mind, I think that they knew that um, a fine was coming. Whether whether the fine is larger than what they thought it was going to be is a different matter. Uh, but they, they they knew it was coming, and so they've kind of. Uh, they're having to cut the cloth accordingly at the moment, so um, that's why they're using the scouting network and using it really well. I'll add as well to uh, to find those free transfers and those those youngsters who, um, if, if, even if you're looking at it from a business point of view, either they're gonna last the pace at QPR and play for them for five, six, seven, eight years, or um, the alternative is that they'll develop them and they'll be able to sell them on for a big profit, which obviously helps the club in, in the current situation that they're in at the moment as well. But as you said, the, the, the results on the pitch this week have turned what could have been a negative into a positive, really. Absolutely. I mean, I can't even imagine what the atmosphere would have been like on Saturday if they, if they had lost with the, the financial fair play stuff and if it had gone to, uh, to eight games without a win, the, the, the negativity really could have settled in. But um, now, thankfully, the, uh, the, team, the team rallied together. I think Ian Holloway did uh, an excellent job of motivating the team. Um, I think everyone knew the, the situation that the club were in, so it, it probably didn't change much in terms of how they, uh, they went about preparing for the game. And uh, yeah, thankfully, they've, uh, they've managed to get the two results and they've kind of uh, put, put the worries of last week to, uh, to one side for now. And as we said, moving on, you know, it's, it's trying to build on this. What, what do you think is realistic for them after you know, two results like that? Does, does it heighten those expectations and maybe they could finish a bit higher than perhaps they were thinking? Um, I, th- I think there's always the, uh, the potential to finish higher. I mean, it's just such a, a tight-knit division, particularly in that, in that middle section. We mentioned before that like, a couple of victories can move you up eight places, but it can also move you down ten places if it goes the other way as well. So I think it's just about keeping, keeping things in perspective. Um, the club are in a, in a difficult position financially, so realistically I think the, uh, the, the, the aims that they set out at the start of the season uh, to finish like, safely in mid-table, I, th- I think they're still, still valid now and, and anything over that, if they, if they do end up pushing towards the, uh, the upper end of the table, I think that, that would just be a bonus. Do you think, Ryan, that that's, that's about right where, where QPR should be aiming for this season? Yeah, I think if you look at what they spent in the summer, the players at the disposal, if they reach up a mid-table, you know, 10th, 10th place, that, that type of area, that, that would be deemed a, a successful season. Especially after last season, you know, they, they were really lucky that they didn't go down last season. You know, a couple of missed penalties from Fulham, if they'd gone in, you know, I know you're looking at ifs and buffs, but that could have relegated them. So, yeah, if they finish up a mid-table this season, that would be deemed as a very successful season. I don't think they've got the squad or the budget to challenge for the playoffs. So, you know, if they're more looking up than they are looking back, you know, you've got to be happy with it. I suppose anything more than that, Phil, would be a bonus. Absolutely, yeah. I think anything anything other than finishing mid-table is, is certainly a bonus. I mean, it, it's not all about the amount of money that you're spending. You just have to look at um, Huddersfield last year, Sheffield United this year, in terms of how they're doing. It's um, it's not all about how much money that you spend, but obviously when, you, when you've got... Um, some financial heavyweights in the league. You've got, you've got Wolves who've spent lots, you've got Middlesbrough who've spent lots this season as well. It does make it a lot more difficult when you are in a position like QPR when you can't really spend the money on those uh, those quality players. So I think, yeah, I think expectations just have to be kept kept in perspective and I think a safe mid-table position, I think, I think a lot of people would be happy with if that was the result at the end of the season. But a few more results like this week and people might start dreaming bigger. Absolutely, they might do, but uh, we just have to see what happens when the... Uh, 
some of the other less glamorous away trips. We've got, we've got Preston in December, and is, is that going to be the kind of game where it ends up being a nil-nil draw? And I suppose those two points, two points drop start to add up a little bit and then start to drop back down the table. And it's just, I think the situation can just change so quickly in the Championship. It's, it's unbelievable. And that, for me, is probably why it's one of the most exciting leagues to, uh, to watch week in, week out, because, yeah, just because things do change so quickly. I'm sure we'll be expecting another exciting game up at the City Ground this weekend. So we'll, we'll wrap it up here. Um, thanks very much for joining us, Phil and Ryan. Um, that's our first episode of Spirit of 67, and we'll be back next week with our second, uh, obviously reviewing the Nottingham Forest game and uh, looking ahead over the international break and uh, moving forward towards the winter slog. So thanks for joining us. We'll speak to you soon. zijn met je mobiel? Dat kan al voor 21,50 per maand met de iPhone SE 32 gigabyte. Nu met 300 minuten of sms'jes en 1000 MB 4G internet. Kijk op ben.nl Let op. Geld lenen kost geld.